Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 27, Follow the Thread. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We are going to begin today a little differently. I want to dive right into the topic and the mythology that it all stems from. I have recently been studying this phenomenal book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. If you are a writer or have an appreciation for how story is formed and shared, then I highly recommend this book, Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. It is quite needy, so don't say I didn't warn you. Um, It's definitely not a short read. In fact, I've read the same pages over and over just to try and glean as much as I possibly can from them. The book centers around what's known as the hero's tale and the origins of where that comes from. He says right off the bat on page one, Throughout the inhabited world, in all times and under every circumstance, myths of man have flourished, and they have been the living inspiration of whatever else may have appeared out of the activities of the human body and mind. It would not be too much to say that myth is the secret opening through which the inexhaustible energies of the cosmos pour into the human cultural manifestation, Religions, philosophies, arts, the social forms of primitive and historic man, prime discoveries in science and technology, the very dreams that blister sleep, boil up from the basic magic ring of myth. I mean, wow. (laughs) I think I've read that passage 30 times and each time it just fires me up even more. To me, those words ring a sort of twofold bell. Uh, Number one, it lights a fire of inspiration in me as a writer to continue to pursue the mysteries and to write them in a way that anyone can understand. Secondly, it tells me that there is guidance waiting for me in places that I never could have anticipated. I shared a bit about my upbringing in an earlier episode and about how books, mystery, and myth became a safe haven for me in so many ways and for so many reasons. Uh, there is just so much to learn and so many outlets to do so. Even Jesus often resorted to communicating massive revelations in the form of storytelling known as parables. Matthew thirteen thirty four through 35 says, All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables, and he said nothing to them without using a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things unknown and unattainable that have been hidden from mankind since the foundation of the world. My favorite definition of the Greek word that was translated as parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Oh, I just love that. Early in the book, Campbell shares the tale famous in Greek mythology of the great King Minos of the island empire of Crete. 
This book takes many, many pages to share that tale and to break it down to all the nuts and bolts. I won't burden you with all of that. Instead, I've compiled a really short synopsis of the tale itself. In the vast labyrinth on the island of Crete, built by the cunning Daedalus for King Minos, dwelt a minotaur, a man with the head and tail of a bull. Every nine years, although the interval varies with different tellings, King, King Minos demanded seven Athenian men and seven Athenian maidens to be given to the Minotaur as sacrifices. This is because Minos had defeated Athens in a war and demanded that the city offer up these tributes as a symbol to his victory. The idea of tributes in this Greek tale is actually what inspired the writer of The Hunger Games, a little fun fact there. Um, the origin of the Minotaur is incredibly salacious, and we won't get into all of that. Just know it was the result of a pretty gross affair that King Minos's wife had, an affair that led to all kinds of drama that we don't even need to go into. This fierce creature worried Minos, and so he told Daedalus to build a vast palace comprising of a maze-like network of corridors and rooms, and then he had the Minotaur imprisoned, essentially, inside this place. The palace, then, was named the Labyrinth. Theseus was a brave Athenian youth who put himself forward as one of these tributes. He and the other tributes then traveled by boat to Crete to be thrown into the labyrinth as food for the Minotaur. Ariadne, the daughter of King Minos, fell in love with the handsome Theseus the moment she saw him disembark from the boat. She knew just instinctively that he was capable of defeating the Minotaur, and so she found a way to sneak and talk to him. She declared that she would supply any and all means necessary to help him make his way back out of the labyrinth if he would defeat the Minotaur and then take her away from Crete and make her his wife. With the assistance of the labyrinth's designer Daedalus, she gave Theseus a spool of linen thread so he could attach it to the entrance of the labyrinth. And then as he weaved his way through its various corridors, he would unravel the thread on the floor beneath him allowing him to retrace his way back out of the maze. Theseus was successful in defeating the Minotaur and escaped the labyrinth with the help of Ariadne's linen thread. You might be listening to this and wondering, how in the world is this story relatable to us today? Well, for starters, we live in a treacherous world full of all kinds of labyrinths and mazes and even Minotaurs. Some of these treacheries we've gotten ourselves into and others, uh, they've been thrust upon us by the choices and actions of others. Campbell says, tragedy is the shattering of the forms and our attachment to the forms. Comedy, the wild and careless, inexhaustible you of life invincible. Thus, the two are the terms of a single mythological theme and experience which includes them both and which they are bound. Cathodos, the downgoing, and Anodos, the upcoming, which together constitute the totality of the revelation that is life and which the individual must know and love if he is to be purged of the contagion of sin, disobedience to divine's will, and death. 
We live in a daily tug of war between the Kithodos and the Anodos, and there is only one way to find the string that leads us out of the chaos and into hope. Jesus said to Peter in John 21 verse 19, follow me, walk the same path of life that I have walked. Deuteronomy 9 verses one through three says, Hear, O Israel, you are crossing the Jordan today to go in to dispossess nations greater and more powerful than you, great cities fortified to heaven, people great and tall, sons of Anakim, whom you know and whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? So know today with confident assurance that the Lord your God is crossing the Jordan before you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them before you and you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly just as the Lord has promised you. Even after finishing reading this book, I still haven't been able to shake the imagery of the linen thread that leads the way out of chaos. Well, the other day I was wandering through my favorite antique store and I stumbled across this beautiful antique spool of pink linen thread. Isn't that amazing? Um, I purchased it for like $4 uh, because it stood out to me and it almost made me cry. Um, I keep it on my desk now and whenever I feel lost in my writing, I look to it as a reminder to follow the thread. Whenever life feels chaotic and hope feels lost, I follow the thread. Whenever I've gotten myself into messes of my own creation, I follow the thread back home. I think that it's appropriate to note that when our Savior was born and when he died, he was wrapped in linen. From the swaddling clothes of his birth to the burial garments of his death, he paved the way through the great labyrinth of life and showed us the way to freedom. He was the living thread. If you are in a place of feeling lost in the great labyrinth of life and seeking wisdom and guidance from the only living way out, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, you sent your Son Jesus to show us the way, the way out of chaos, the way out of hopelessness, and the way back home. Meet me in my frailties and open my eyes to the path you have already paved for me to walk in. I recognize that when I try to find my way on my own, I only end up walking in circles. I surrender my control, my preconceived notions, and my panic as I reach for the thread you have so graciously given me to follow. The troubles of this life are too great to bear, but I know that in the same way you went ahead of the children of Israel and parted the river Jordan before them, you go ahead of me today and part the waters of destruction and lead me into freedom. I am in awe of your goodness and mercy that never leaves or forsakes me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a final segment from The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. We have not even to risk the adventure alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. 
And where we had thought to find an abomination, we shall find a God. And where we had thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. And where we had thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. Where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Destiny Makes Music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.